This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit wogcc.com. We're going to continue this morning in our series called Hot Button Issues, and we kicked that off last week by talking about the line and boundaries and different things that God puts in our lives and how those things can be led and guided and shaped and directed by the Holy Spirit and by the truth of God's Word. So we're going to continue in that series today, and we're going to talk about the subject of offense this morning, because how many of us can say that we've ever been offended before in life? I believe that's a really hot-button issue that all of us deal with at some time or another. It's not really if I get offended, it's when, right? Because I think we live in this politically correct PC culture that doesn't want anyone to be offended in culture. They think that's the goal. They think that the goal is to not offend anyone. And and so we say things like this, oh, you're, you're not supposed to offend me. You're supposed to agree with me and make me happy. But how many of you know that not everybody's going to agree with you and strive to make you happy? Doggone it, why not? Why, are, why, is not the, why isn't the purpose of your life to make me happy? That just doesn't make sense to us. I remember I had a friend of mine here at church tell me that he would really love to uh, see like the doors of this church be locked in this auditorium. And then he would just like to throw in a pizza one Sunday and just watch what happens. Because all of a sudden there would be this pizza. And you might not want it at first, but the longer those doors stay locked, the hungrier you're going to get. And somebody's going to devise a plan and you're not going to like that plan. Well, I don't think that's fair because, you know, and then next thing you know, it's, it'd be mass chaos. And that's what happens in our lives. When you throw more than one person together, you are going to have disagreements. Have you ever been married, perhaps? Don't touch your spouse. Don't wink at them. Don't nudge them. I'm trying to save you a lot of grief and heartache here. I'm not trying to stir the pot in your marriage. You put two people together under the same roof, somebody's going to get offended at some point in the marriage. Somebody, have you ever worked for someone before or had a co-worker or that boss that did something or said something that offended you? Maybe someone offended you on the grade school playground and you still haven't let it go. It's time to let it go. Maybe someone said that they didn't like the way you did something. Maybe someone criticized you in an area that you're really sensitive about and you haven't been able to let it go. Maybe you've been offended in church and you go, I just can't let this go. And we carry this offense because here's the thing. The climate of our culture expects the goal to be happiness and world peace. We don't stand for anything and we set ourselves up to fall for everything. And it's like we need to give Miss America a wake-up call and tell her, I'm sorry, but no matter how badly you want there to be a home for every puppy, and that's your goal, and for your other goal to be, oh, and world peace, because that's what all Miss America contestants have always said for years, world peace doesn't mean everybody's going to get along at all times 100% of the time. But we live in this climate, in this culture that thinks that's the goal, to make everybody happy. And so we, we, we try to uh, never truly stand for anything, and we never truly do anything that may be difficult or tough or that may be challenging to someone, or even maybe it's something that isn't right and, it's, and it was wrong. But we carry these offenses because we think everybody's job is to make us happy. We think everybody is supposed to be out there to do what we want. And so when conflict arises, 
and we get offended, we don't know how to deal with it. And so the easiest way that we have found to deal with it as a culture is to separate ourselves from anything that offends us. If I get offended at work, I'm going to go find a new job. If I get offended in my marriage, I'm going to go find a new spouse. I'm tired of getting offended. If I'm offended at, at when I'm on the playground at school, I'm going to take my ball and go home. And that's what we do. When we get offended, we want to separate ourselves from the person or the thing that has offended us. And we never learn how to deal properly with conflict. We never learn how to deal with offense and handle it in a way that would honor God and in a way that would actually help us. So this morning, we're going to look at this hot-button issue, and we're going to see exactly how God wants us to deal with offense because the reality of life is that you are going to be offended. Some point, sometime, maybe you were offended this morning. Maybe you've already been offended, and you came to church, and you're already mad about something. I hope not. hope no one amens that. If you do, we'll pray for you. We'll work through it. We'll pray you through like the old-timers say. But let me tell you something. It's not if, it's when. That's just reality, okay? And so we can either separate ourselves from everything that offends us, or we can learn how to deal with it and grow from it. Because we're going to be offended. You know, someone's going to say or do something you don't like, but how you deal with it and process it is key to your growth and maturity as a Christian. Because all of us that claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we follow Him... We don't understand that once we have accepted Christ and we have committed our lives to Him, that is the beginning of this journey of getting to know Him more and allowing Him to grow us up in our lives so in a way that we can glorify Him and actually show forth the goodness and the grace and mercy of God with our lives. And that takes growth. That's a process. And we grow stronger and stronger in that. That's called Christian maturity. And that is something that you and I pursue, not because we're trying to grow up and be super smart and super mature. No, we're growing in it because Jesus is the goal, and we're wanting to reflect Him with the way that our lives are here and bring glory to God with our lives. And when we understand that our goal here on the earth is to bring glory to God and that Jesus has been good enough to all of us, and when we realize His goodness, it begins to change us from the inside out. It begins to change the way we think. It begins to change the way that we act and react to situations and how we treat other people. Maybe a way that once, maybe early on in our Christian walk, we treated people a certain way, but the more mature we become, we begin to understand how I'm supposed to treat someone, not because necessarily I went to, through a how-to class on how to treat people, but because the love of God was shed abroad in my heart, and I'm doing it because I want to, not because someone told me I'm supposed to. Because just, you you know, you ever tell your kids to do something because they're supposed to do it? And they're not too enthused about it? But then there's those things that they want to do because it's in their heart to do it. And they do those things with a completely different attitude, don't they? Which kind of heart do you think is going to honor God? The one that's just trying to be a good person because they think they're supposed to? Or the one that has allowed God to influence their heart in such a way that they're doing it because they want to? That's a completely different sermon and a completely different message. That's a completely different perception of how to walk with God. Not a how-to, but a want-to. And that deals with our heart. 
And so this stuff comes from our heart. This offense is something that wants to plant a seed in our heart. You know, Jesus gave this parable about the sower sowing the word. And when he talked about the sower sowing the word, he meant someone actually taking seed and planting those seeds in different scenarios. Some of the seed was planted in an area where there were a lot of stones and, you know, that really couldn't grow in that area. Some of it was planted in a, a you know, thrown by the wayside. It really wasn't cared about. Some of this was thrown, though. Some of this seed was planted in this ground that was full of thorns and thistles. And the stuff started to grow, actually, because it, it actually showed some signs of life. The seed did. And the seed began to spring up, but yet it couldn't get too far because these thorns choked out that life that tried to come up. And, folks, Jesus was meaning that that ground is like our heart. He was meaning it's your heart, that it's my heart. But the thing that you and I need to understand about the thorns is that those thorns were once a seed themselves. The thorns were once planted, and those thorns are often offense, unforgiveness, and bitterness. And those things begin to grow and germinate in our heart to the point to when something good has tried to be sown in our lives, we don't receive it because when it tries to spring up and germinate in our lives, that bitterness and that hate and that anger and that frustration and that unforgiveness and that offense that has set up and grown bigger and bigger and bigger has taken such a stronghold in our life and its roots are so deep that it just chokes out anything good that tries to come and take root in our lives. Amen. And we need to understand that offense is dangerous. It is a dangerous thing that you and I need to recognize that it doesn't change anything and it doesn't change anyone except you. Offense has absolutely no productive value at all. It just changes you. It doesn't change the situation when you're offended at someone and you carry this thing around for a month because you're all swole up and mad about something. You just lost a lot of nights of sleep and had a lot of knots in your stomach, and those people probably slept pretty good. But there's this thing in us that wants them to pay. Or we want to be proven right and we want to be justified. And so we want to sit around hoping that other people fail and we, so we can all say, I told you so. Hmm, I told you so. Hmm. I told you that wasn't going to work out. I told you that was going to go that way. Well, I hope that doesn't work out. I hope they fail. I hope this goes this way. I hope this, because we're offended. We will wish bad on other people because we've allowed this stuff to set up in our heart. And is it really changing anything? Is it really being productive? No, it's just changing us. Proverbs warns us about offense in the 18th chapter Proverbs 18 and verse 19 says this, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. Here we see that Solomon, in all of his wisdom, is writing about a brother that's offended and how he's hard to win because you can't make any sense to someone who's offended. You try to talk some sense into somebody who's mad. You try to... Ask them for forgiveness and they don't want to let go of their offense. Buddy, you can't get through to that person, can you? That's hard. It's hard because, man, they're hard to win over. Why? Because they won't let go of the offense. The Bible says that that's dangerous. And the reason they hold on to this offense, really the root of holding on to offense, is pride. Pride actually holds the door open for offense to take up residence in our heart. Pride opens the door and says, eh. Come on in, offense. 
Be offended because I'm proud. Why will pride hold open the door for offense? Because offense is rooted in pride. Because pride always feels the need to be right and justified. That's pride. Plain and simple. Pride always wants to be right. And pride always wants to be justified. Pride doesn't understand what true justice is. So when we allow pride to sit up on the throne of our hearts, then we begin to act out of a proud heart or a proud spirit. The more we act out of that proud spirit, the more we're going to be offended. Have you ever been offended before and say uh, someone did something to you that offended you and then that person did something else that offended you again and then you actually put up your radar and you actually were looking for them to do things that would actually offend you? And so now you're on the hunt for more offense because you're gobbling it up. Why do we do that? Because of pride. Because of pride. That's why. Because pride wants to be right. And when you want to be right more than you want to be understanding and forgiving and full of grace and mercy, then that pride is sitting on the throne of our heart and it is going to make us act and react in situations that is going to open up the door for offense. And we'll get offended over the silliest things. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma. Man, let me tell you, this, uh, you know, the pastor there and I got along pretty well. And uh, we had a pretty good relationship. And then all of a sudden, something shifted and changed. And I, don't, I, I can't tell you what it was. I can't pinpoint it. But I became very offended at everything that he did. And I began to look for things at that point. I became actually a seeker of offense. And then I did something that I'm sure nobody in here has done except me. So I'm just going to be real and transparent. You guys just need to pray for me, apparently. Because I'm sure nobody else has done this. But when, I'm, but when I was offended, I wanted to go find other people to gain in my circle and share my offense. I wanted to circle the wagons around my offense. And some of my friendships that I had with people was solely based off of the things we didn't like about this guy. I had no other foundation of relationship with this person other than what we didn't like. And so we would begin to talk about those things. We'd begin to gossip and backbite. And then we all would share offense. And then the dangerous thing about this is that there were some uh, uh, helpless victims that came along to my offense. And these people came along who had no idea but because of my offense and because it was so deep, I would share it with people who had no idea and all of a sudden I opened up a world to them of offense that was in my heart and they became offended and they had no grounds to be offended except my offense. It's like when you're mad at somebody and then somebody tells you, you know, about another situation and you get mad about that too and you might not even know the person, but buddy, if you run into them in a dark alley, you're going to give them what for? I don't know who they are, but I hope I see them in Walmart because I'm going to smack them upside the head. And you've never met them in your life. How goofy is that? That's how dangerous offense is. Offense can actually spread to the point where it affects people who are young in the Lord, who maybe have just started their walk with God, or who may be dealing with situations in their life that you could actually be setting up a stumbling block for someone else because you share your offense with someone else and you want them to own the offense as well. We could actually cause people to actually get mad at God and not trust in God and push them away from God and drive a wedge 
between them and God because all of a sudden instead of them seeing us model forgiveness and grace and love and mercy, they're seeing us model offense and we're sharing that spirit of offense because we're proud and we want to be right and we want to surround ourselves with people who also want to be right. So we have this big pride of people who gather together and our common ground is negativity. Buddy, let me tell you, that's dangerous stuff. Amen? It'll cause you to stumble. It'll cause the good things that are sown in your life and the good things that are around you, you won't even notice good things. You'll, you, you, you won't even be able to celebrate good things or appreciate good things because there's so many thorns that it just chokes it out because pride has opened the door for offense. Are you offended because of the truth? Maybe it's not necessarily something that someone has said or done, but maybe, maybe we get offended because of the truth. We hear something we don't like. Maybe we read something in the Word of God or God begins to deal with our heart about something and we reject it because we're like, no, not for me, not now. Who says that? Pride says that. Pride says no, not for me. Pride says not now. Because pride thinks it's right. And pride wants to justify itself. And so pride will say, you know what? I'm right. You're wrong. I don't care what God says. Now, we're scared to death. We would never actually say that, but our actions speak louder than our words. And sometimes we say that by our actions alone. Maybe we get challenged in the Word of God. And we hear some truth that really just rubs us in a way that offends us. It's true. There's no arguing with the fact that it's true. But we reject it. Why? Because we think we're right. Why? Because we're full of pride. We get offended. Why? Because we're proud. We're proud of what? The fact that we're right and everyone else is wrong. And we play the victim role. We set ourselves up as the victim and we say, you know what, I'm right, everybody else is wrong. And we spend our lives justifying why we're right. We share why we're right with other people so they can share in our offense. And we cause them to stumble as well as us. See how dangerous and how contagious this disease of offense is? Do you consistently have to justify gossip? Pin drop. Do you consistently have to justify gossip? Some people justify gossip. They say things like this. I'm just telling the truth. And that means it's not gossip because you said that. Or you say, I'd say it to their face. So that means it's not gossip. No, it's still gossip. Because you're saying I'm right and they're wrong. And let me tell you why I'm right and they're wrong. And why do I think I'm right and they're wrong? Because I'm full of pride. That's why. That's why I justify those things. That's why I'll spend my time creating a circle of those that are going to agree with me. And I try to surround myself and, 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 and get people to pat me on the back so I'll feel right about my offense. And I'll get other people to justify my sin. And if I'm trying to surround myself with people who are justifying my sin, I'm wrong, they're wrong, we're all wrong. Because we're all proud. And we all need to repent and recognize our need for grace in Jesus instead of us looking to ourselves to make ourselves justified. You know what? If someone offends me, I need to recognize that it's not my job to bring justice to a situation. It's my job to do what Jesus told me to do. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Ephesians 6 and 12 lets us know a little bit about this battle that you and I are in. Ephesians 6... And verse 12 says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, 
of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Here's the thing. Paul said that we're not warring against flesh and blood, so we're not warring against people. It's actually this spirit. It's actually this darkness. It's actually these principalities and these powers and these dark things. And so something we need to understand is that offense is a spirit, not a person. We always want to put a face with it, and we always want to make it about a person, and it's not. Offense is not a person. Offense is a spirit. And we open up our hearts to that because we're proud. And it's not that person because there's going to be all kinds of people that do things that you don't like. And so you can isolate yourself and think that that's the problem, but you need to look in the mirror and look at your own heart because we're full of pride and we've taken up way too much offense and we've allowed this spirit to come in and dominate the way we act, the way we react, the people we hang out with, the people we're attracted to. We've allowed it to influence and affect the way that we handle situations and we blame everyone else for why we are the way we are and why we're at the season that we're at in life. Instead of taking responsibility for our own actions, instead of taking responsibility and recognizing there's pride in myself, recognizing that I'm taking up offense because I'm proud, because I always want to be right, instead of recognizing that that's a spirit and recognizing that, you know what, it's more important for me to make this right than it is for me to carry and share this offense like a disease. Because it's a spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against people. I know people have done you wrong. People have done me wrong. It hurts. It stinks. It's never fun. I know people have talked about you. I know people have talked about me. That's part of life. So we can either try to isolate ourselves from that ever happening and fail. Because you will fail if you try to isolate yourself from that ever happening to you. Because it's going to happen. But the thing is, is that we need to learn how to deal with it. And we need to learn that, first of all, if I'm going to deal with offense, it's a spirit, not a person. And if it's a spirit, then that means that I can deal with this thing because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Amen? Amen. That means that the victor over offense lives on the inside of me. That means the one who has already put death in its grave lives on the inside of me. That means that greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. And so because of that, I have hope that I don't have to live the rest of my life being offended at people. This is a spiritual battle. This is a thing that's not waged against your family member or your boss or your church or your coworker. This is something that's a spiritual battle. And if you recognize it for what it is, you can learn how to walk in victory instead of pointing fingers and blaming people. People are not your problem. It's how we approach the spiritual warfare that's going on that we may be not aware of, but that the enemy would love for you to get offended because he knows that the bigger the stumbling block grows, the more likely you are to fall. The more likely you are to not succeed, the more likely you are not to bring glory to God and accomplish the plans and dreams that He has for you. The more likely you are to pass that offense along and continue a legacy of offense and negativity. Why? Because it's a spirit. And when we're proud, it opens up that door. Pride keeps us from seeing our need for Jesus and His grace. 
what pride does. It, it blinds us to our need for Jesus and His grace because it looks at ourselves as the answer or it looks at that person getting what's coming to them as the answer. Is that what Jesus said? He said, oh yeah, don't worry. They'll get what's coming to them. And you're sitting there going, come on. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. You remember the story of Jonah and the whale? Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh and preach to the people the message that God had given to him. And he went finally after some convincing and hanging out inside of a fish for a few days, getting puked up on the shore, Pinocchio style. And then he finally says, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. And he goes and preaches. And then he goes and climbs up on the highest peak so he can look down into the city of Nineveh and go, okay, God, fire brimstone, here it comes. I want to watch the fireworks. This is going to be a good show. And it never happened. And Jonah got swelled up and mad. And that was how the story of Jonah ended. Was that Jonah got offended at God because the people didn't get what Jonah thought they deserved. Instead, the people repented and turned to God. And that wasn't good enough for Jonah. And sometimes when you and I are full of pride and offense, we're not walking in grace. We're not walking in the goodness of God. We're not showing Jesus and His goodness and even experiencing it in our own lives. Because we're blind, because of pride, because we want to be right. We want our own brand of justice and not God's brand of justice. And we don't think it's fair. And we do this why me thing. Why me? I deserve this. I've earned this. I put in my time. I have this. I have that. We get angry and mad at God. I've been a good person. I deserve this. I don't deserve to be treated this way or that way. I don't deserve to be offended by this person or that person. I'm tired of this. It's weary. This is old. So we never learn how to deal with it. We become prideful and then we sit and go, hmm, I hope they get what's coming to them. Hmm. Doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? No. It sounds like what? Pride. It's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's a battle against principalities and powers. You see, offense happens. And how we handle it will determine how far we go and how much freedom we walk in. Offense is contagious, and we have to be careful. We have to recognize that. And we have to be careful who we talk to about what and what spirit we're talking to people in. Are we speaking out of offense? I just say this because I care. Is that really a gateway to mask our gossip and our anger and frustration? Hello, somebody. Amen or oh me. I'm guilty. You're guilty. We're all guilty. We've all done this. I, I told you how I did that back when I was a youth pastor at a church. And you want to know something funny to kind of wrap that story up? Years later, God begins to deal with my heart about this man. And so I sent him an email. I sent him a long email. It's one of these that has chapters to it. You ever got one of those emails before? <laughs> I sent him one of those chapter emails. And, you know, about six months later when he finally got finished with the novel that I wrote, I was expressing to him my frustration. I was expressing to him my, 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 my repentance. I was expressing to him how I had been wrong. And so I repented to this guy. And I, but I did list all of the things I was offended about. And I wanted him to know the damage that I had actually done by sharing some of those things with other people. And I let him know who I shared those things with. And I told him everything because I was guilty. And I saw it. And I hated it. And I didn't want it in my life anymore. 
And so I sent him this email, and I finally felt like I was free. I said, you know what? I've got that off of my chest. I feel like I've un- got, got, got those roots ripped out. Or like we say in Wisconsin or Sheboygan anyways, those ruts ripped out. You know those ruts that were planted by the creek? I got those things ripped out once. And then I got all that stuff out, and I'm going, you know, I felt free. And this guy sends me back an email, and you want to know what he said? I had no idea. I had no idea. He was clueless. And there was a temptation to be re-offended. There was a temptation to pick it right back up. Because I wanted to say, You didn't know? you got to be kidding me. You're a jerk. You did this. You did that. I'm offended all over again. Let me call those people up. Forget it. Oh, man. I wanted him to feel my hurt and my pain, and I was hoping I was going to get an email back that said, hey, I'm sorry, bro. Let's hug it out. And instead, I get an email back that says, I had no idea. Sorry. Glad that God dealt with your heart about that, and There's no unforgiveness on our end either. We love you and pray for you and support you. The end. And I'm like, I wrote a novel. I was expecting at least, at least something that would take me a week or two to read. But instead I get just back a short few sentences and the temptation is there to be re-offended again. So sometimes you'll think you're doing something good by going to someone and confessing it to them or, or talking to them or saying, you know what you did to me? I forgive you for that. And, and, and then they go, what are you talking about? And you go, re-offended. <laughs> Never mind. Re-shun. <laughs> and that's what we do. And we divide and we put a wedge between us. Is that how God wants us to be? Is that how... Jesus treated people? Was he constantly dividing people and putting wedges between people? No, not at all. But how we handle offense is going to determine how far we go in life and how much freedom we walk in. Let's see what Jesus said about offense and how to handle that in the book of Matthew, the 18th chapter. Matthew 18 and verse 15. This is Jesus acknowledging the fact that you and I are going to be offended at some time in life and say, this is how you deal with it. Okay? Matthew 18 and verse 15. It says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Oh, we could stop right there and preach. It doesn't say go talk about him, does it? No. It says go and handle it between who? You and him alone. So that means you're supposed to go to the person that offended you and you're supposed to talk to them alone, just between you two. And the Bible says, if he hears you, you've gained a brother. But if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, they ask it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? 
seven times? I mean, that's pretty good, right? I, mean, I hear what you're saying about going to him, forgiving him, taking somebody else, but seven, kind of the cap. And Jesus said, Peter, what are you talking about? He says, I don't say seven times. He said, but 70 times seven. That's the heart of God right there because Jesus spoke perfect words because God is perfect. And he was God manifested in the flesh, speaking the perfect will of God. And so if we see Jesus speaking this perfect will, this perfect order about how to handle offense, you and I need to learn something from this. So here's how you and I are supposed to handle offense according to Jesus. And I want you to write these things down. The first one is to go to the person in a spirit of humility and love. Don't talk about them, but talk to them. We could stop right there and solve a lot of problems, couldn't we? Because too many of us run to someone else. Why? Because of pride. Because we want to be justified. We've talked about those things today. But don't go talk about them, but talk to them. If you don't go and talk to the person, it's showing pride. It's showing cowardice. It's showing that we would rather be right than fix the thing that's going on between us and someone who's offended. And it's wrong and it's sinful and it hurts the body of Christ. It hurts marriages. It hurts you at your job. It hurts family. It hurts friendship. And it's got to stop if we're ever going to be the people God's created us to be and truly reflect and magnify Jesus in a way that's going to truly bring glory to God. The second thing, if they don't listen, because sometimes you go to somebody and they don't listen, it doesn't always work the first time. And they may actually get upset at you because of that. But here's the thing, if that doesn't work, Jesus said to go to them a second time. And bring someone with you this time because the goal isn't to be justified. That's not your goal. Your goal is not to bring someone else to point out why that person is wrong so they can tell you, oh, I didn't understand. I guess I'm wrong because you brought somebody else and you're bullying me. Okay? So you have to watch the spirit in which you bring someone with you to handle an offense. Because if you're bringing that person along as like a bodyguard to help jack this person up, then you're both wrong. This is not, it's not the spirit in which you bring that person. The spirit in which you bring that person is to help resolve the matter because the goal isn't for you to be justified. The goal is for us to keep unity and peace. And the third thing, if that doesn't work, then bring the issue to the church leadership. You're going to get more accomplished by talking to someone who can actually do something about the issue than you gossiping, murmuring, and complaining. Because what, 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 does, what does gossip and negativity and, and, and offense, what does it do? It steals your peace. It steals your joy. It steals your energy. Sometimes it steals our sanity. It wrecks relationships, and it takes all of those things away from us, and it gives us nothing in return. There's no exchange. It's just taking and sucking and draining. That's all offense does when we allow it to set up in our heart. Fourth thing is that Jesus wants us to forgive quickly so we don't allow bitterness to take root in our heart. So we don't allow it to set up and grow and choke out the good things that God is trying to sow and the good things God is trying to do. So in light of this and, and looking at what Christ said, based off of this as, as this foundation, I want to give you some good advice on how to deal with offense according to the way Jesus told us to do it. So the first thing that I would recommend to you is to write the offense down and sit on it for a week and pray about it before you confront someone, especially if you're angry or upset about what they have said or done. 
How many times have you and I popped off because we're mad and wanted to basically explain to this person that we're offended and upset? And so we go to these people in the wrong spirit. And we're not going to get anything accomplished. We're just trying to tell them, you may be mad, I'm mad. Boom. And we give them that. And we want them to feel we're offended and upset. And if we can convey that, then we've done good because we feel better about ourselves. Because we made them feel bad. That's not the goal. No, no, no. Write it down. Write down your offense, okay? Just doing this alone will help you tremendously. Write down your offense and pray about it for a week before you go to someone. Write it down. Because you, what you may find is that sometimes God will even deal with your heart about that situation or that person. And you find grace and forgiveness for that person. And you realize maybe the offense that you took, maybe it was something that was silly. Or maybe it was something that maybe was a big deal in that moment. Because how many of you know some of us get real goofy when we're sleepy and tired? You ever been mad about something and treated people bad because you were sleepy and tired or stressed out about something at work? And then you woke up the next day and go, oh, I was an idiot. And you've got to go to people and say, hey, I'm sorry. You've got to go tell your kids you were sorry because you popped off at them and you didn't treat them with love and respect and you treated your kids poorly or because you said something to your wife that was really, really, really dumb and you didn't mean it but because you were tired or frustrated or stressed in that moment you said something dumb if you'll write down your offense and you'll sit on it and pray about it for a week some of those things will resolve themselves so I would recommend that before you deal with an offense make sure during that time when you've written it down that you have prayed about it and asked the Lord for wisdom on how to deal with it when you go and talk to that person. And if you do that before you go and talk to them, you'll go to them in the right spirit. You'll go to them with the right attitude. And that's what you need to work on that week. And then you'll have it written down. So you can look at the words you wrote when you were offended. And some of those words you'll go, whoa, <laughs> I was in a bad place right there last week. I like to journal. And so I look back on my journal sometimes from years ago and I go, whoa, I was hot. I was really hot about something back then that day. Wow. It's a good thing nobody ran into me that day because I was not a happy camper. And is anybody really a happy camper? I mean, anyways, that's a different story. <coughs> the second thing is to pray for your heart that you can approach the person in love and be well thought, uh, thought through with your concern. Don't jump instantly when someone says or does something you don't like because you're opening a very dangerous door. Don't jump instantly. You may be offended because of something someone does or didn't do or what they said, and you immediately want to jump, and you immediately want to go tell somebody about it. You immediately want to stir the pot. You immediately want to go to gossip. You immediately want to go to negativity because I'm offended in this moment. I'm mad. Woo! Stop. Stop. Settle down. And you need to get your thoughts together. You need to write it down. You need to pray about it because you may be in the wrong attitude. So that's just some advice there for you. Number three, go the extra mile to make peace with brothers and sisters in Christ to keep unity in the body of Christ. So maybe you have people that, you know, you're friends with that are not Christians. Maybe people at work that are not believers. And yeah, you need to work to show them the goodness and the grace of God. But you especially need to work to keep unity in the body of Christ in the church. Amen? And that means refusing to stay, uh, per, to partake in things. And so the fourth thing is politely refuse to partake in gossip. Politely refuse. Look at somebody and say, politely refuse. 
like two people said it. That's not even fair. Look at somebody and say, politely refuse. <laughs> you need to politely refuse to partake in gossip, but rather offer Matthew 18 as a resolution for someone's offense rather than opening the door to gossip. Don't open the door for gossip. Just say it like this. Just say, you know what? I can tell you're really upset right now. Have you read Matthew 18 and seen what Jesus said about that? If not, I'd love to show that to you because I don't want to gossip. I, we need to fix this situation and offer them a solution. If you do that, you'll shut 99% of it down. Because most people don't want resolution. They just want to be right. And who wants to be right? Pride. But those people that do want to fix it, they'll go, oh, thank you for stopping me. Man, I've had people before when I've talked and, and, and I was upset about something. I've had actually people and friends in my life, and these are real friends. The people who will actually slow you down and stop you and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've got to be careful. I feel like this conversation is kind of drifting over into gossip. And I go, whoa. Thank you for checking me on that. And we have to be careful about that. Amen? We need to be careful about that. And just saying I'm speaking the truth or I would say it to their face doesn't mean that it isn't gossip. That doesn't exclude it from the category of gossip. So let's stop kidding ourselves. All right? Let's stop thinking that, you know, we're giving ourselves a pass on gossip. And let's look to make things right and to make, look to, make, to keep peace in our families and in our workplaces, in our homes, in our churches, in our lives. Let's look to glorify God in the way we handle offense. And the last thing is strive to walk peaceably with all men. You allow God to work on your heart and he will take care of the rest. And then you need to rest in him. I want to share one more scripture with you before we close this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus that was having some issues. And this is what Paul said to the Ephesians. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, being with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He said, this is my prayer for you, is that you walk with humility, with lowliness, with meekness, and that your goal is to keep unity with the bond of peace. He said, that's my prayer for you, not that you walk around offended and upset and that you share other people's offenses, because you're going to be offended in life, folks. People are going to come to you and say and do something you don't like or something that hurts you. It may be the truth and it may be something that's a complete lie. It's hard when people lie about you and assume things about you. That hurts. It hurts bad. But how we deal with it marks where we're at in our journey with God. And if we're handling it in an immature way, we're going to allow that stuff to keep growing as thorns in our lives, and it's going to choke out good stuff. But if we recognize it, that's a sign of maturity and growth. And if we are sitting here today thinking that we're not dealing with pride on some level, you're fooling yourself. And you're proud. <laughs> because you're too proud to admit that you're dealing with pride at some level. Amen. Because we all deal with pride at some level, myself included. But to keep that thing in check and to recognize what it is and recognize it's not a person, but rather this is a spirit of offense and go, you know what, I can deal with this because greater is he who is in me. Amen. This stuff can be ripped up from the root. 
because I'm going to starve out this junk. I'm not going to feed it anymore. I'm going to starve out this junk of offense, this gossip. I'm going to shut it down. Thank you for empowering me, Lord, by your spirit and your word to shut this stuff down because maybe you didn't even know what to say before and you felt like you were being a victim of someone else's offense and so when someone would gossip, you felt bad about it and weird about it, but you didn't know what to say. And now because of the word, maybe you know what to say. Good for you. Say it next time and stand up for what you believe in and stop falling for everything. Stop getting caught up in the trap of offense and gossip because it's going to lead you and other people down a road that's going to hurt you, it's going to hurt the body, it's going to hurt other people, it's going to hurt your family. You need to call it what it is, recognize pride when it rears its ugly head, and say, no, Matthew 18, let's fix this. Amen, somebody. You're going to grow. You're going to be a lot stronger, a lot more productive. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.